0: Heavenly Father, we're just in awe this morning of the cross. Lord, what you did on the cross for each and every one of us.
1: Lord, it's just a tree. It's just a cross. It's just a
0: crucifixion. But with the resurrection, Lord, it's life. Lord, we thank you for your son that shed his blood. For that sin debt, that one price that you paid it all. Lord, we're thankful here today. Lord, I pray that someone here today will, Lord, you'll open their hearts up. If they're not saved, if they do not know you this morning, Lord, if they're not born again, Lord, I pray that you would show them. It's not about church. It's not about religious, being religious, going through the motions. But, Lord, it's about a relationship with you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll just move in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, and everyone everyone's Amen. I, y'all get the, y'all going to get the better part because at 8.30 I had to be preaching. I had to preach for 35 minutes and everything on time and chop, chop, chop. Y'all getting all of it this time. So I feel sorry for you. It was chop, chop, chop. and get, I wasn't used to that. I'm used to just free-flowing preaching and let it go. But it was good. am going to preach about it. It is finished. Uh, I had a, some folks from church build this. This is the veil in the temple. And uh, this is when Jesus Christ, when He gave His last breath, and He said, it is finished. When He had completed the redemption plan, the Bible says, in the temple the veil was rent or tore. The curtain that covered the holy of holies in the temple was tore from top to bottom. And the reason it was tore from top to bottom is to show that God did it, not man. Now this, this is just a small replica of what the curtain or the was in the Holy of Holies. This is just a small version. The original was 30 by 60 and 4 inches thick. It took many, many men to hang the curtain in the temple. It was heavy. I mean, they they said the horses couldn't even pull the, the curtain apart. It was so thick. And so God did, that's why God rent this or tore this or ripped the veil from top to bottom, showing that redemption was a God, not a man. You don't get to heaven today by your works or your looks or your denomination. It's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? I pray that's what you believe this morning. If not, there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, there's not many ways, there's only one way. I don't care what TV host tells you, Oprah or anybody else, there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. It's not about being Baptist. I had one guy leave the first service this morning and said, Man, I gotta read that sign when I leave again because he said, This was a Baptist church. He said, You preach like Pentecostal. I said, Well, I just I just preach. And uh, I just wanna be a mouthpiece for God. Isn't it is not amazing how you get excited and people start calling you different you know, if you're born and dead, you're Baptist. If you're alive, you're a Pentecostal. I don't know what about y'all Presbyterians and Methodists are, I don't know. But isn't it amazing how that just changes the, the effect of it? All of us should be excited and have passion about our relationship with Jesus Christ no matter what church you go to. Amen? It shouldn't matter. And so I want to read in Matthew chapter 27, it is finished. The veil represents the completed redemption plan that Christ had for each and every one of us to show that He did it, not us. And the cross and the work of the cross is all about Jesus now, we have to accept Him by faith, but the work of it and how it got done was through Jesus Christ. Amen? You didn't, yeah, you got you, you. accepted Him by faith, but you can't add nothing to it and take it away. It is the crucifixion. It is redemption. Amen? He bought us back. In Matthew chapter 27, Jesus is hanging on the cross here. It's from noon to 6 o'clock, 3 o'clock, he, and it, there's total darkness. And Jesus is just fixing to take his last breath. And as soon as he did, after this on the cross, some things took place. And it says in verse verse 45, it says, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, which was three, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried in a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some who stood there, when they heard that said, said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let's see if Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit or took his last breath. He he died on the cross. And that represented in his finish. As soon as he said this, look at verse 51. Then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. There was an earthquake and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And I guarantee you all them graveyard workers were gone. And it says, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Amen. Now the the veil that what is so important about this veil is the veil separated man from God. In the old testament, all the way back into Moses and into the wilderness. They carried what they called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be carried in a certain way. They had to walk a certain way, stop, make sacrifices. Only the priests could carry it. A certain tribe of Levites had to be sur- surrounded around this. This was what we call the holy box. Inside this box, it had two, on the top of it, it had two angel wings that were pointed with their heads down toward each other. And below them wings was called the mercy seat. This is where the the blood of an innocent lamb would be shed once a year called the Day of Atonement. A high priest would go shed the lamb's blood below the angel's wings on the mercy seat for the sins of the people. Inside the Ark of the Covenant. I'm trying to get through this, so hang on with me. You better kick your mind fast, okay? In the Ark of the Covenant was the Ten Commandments. Manna from their wilderness experience and Aaron's rod was all in this. Very sacred to God's people. It represented the outer presence of God. The Shekinah glory of God came in between these two, right here, these two cherubims. God's Shekinah glory, and I love that they put that behind. That's actually, the Shekinah glory was like a blue light. It was blue in color. And God's Shekinah glory would shine from the heavens. The people would know that God's presence was with them. So I couldn't go, you couldn't go. If we was back in Moses' day or in the Old Testament times, we could not go and just take our lamb and walk through the temple. There was an outer courts and inner courts in the Holy of Holies, okay? I couldn't just walk through there and take my lamb and sacrifice and do it for my sins. I had to have a high priest that went through a purification process that cleaned himself, wore white undergarments, his overgarments, white robe, white turban. Everything had to be cleaned when he walked through the temple and walked into the Holy of Holies where God's presence was, where the box was behind the veil. When he walked in here, he better be right with God. You say, well, what would happen? They tied a rope onto his foot, and if he went in and he was just casual, boy, I, I, I'm glad, oh, so thankful God don't do this in American church today. We'd have a lot of dead people. Because we're casual in America with Christianity. I got three, that's all right. Amen? Are we awake? We're casual. We don't think of God as His holiness. But when you walked in that room where the box was, the Ark of the Covenant, you better be clean, your heart better be right with God, or if not, He killed you in His presence. Some of y'all are going, I don't believe that. Read your Bible. They were dead. That's why they had a rope on because if you walked in there to get your buddy priest out, you was dead too. And for long, there'd be a whole bunch of dead ewes in there. That's the holiness. The pre- that's how important the presence of God is even today. Jesus. Now, Jesus, when he died and took his last breath, the veil was ripped from top to bottom, signifying that. Listen, I didn't come to do away with all the Old Testament. I come to fulfill it. I am the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. That's what Jesus was telling them. You don't have to take a lamb sacrifice every year. And every family don't have to have a lamb and make a sacrifice no more. I am the one-time ultimate sacrifice that I paid all the sin debt. There was no more sacrifices. No more need. Jesus became the sacrifice. Amen? He became the sacrifice. Now, when that that veil was rent, there's some more things that happened. When it was ripped... The veil was ripped. People come out of the graves. I'm telling you, that'd be scary. You're mowing the graveyard and all of a sudden Uncle Bob pops up. Here he comes out of the grave. The rocks were split. There was an earthquake. This was no silent thing going on. It shook the world. This was the Son of God dying on the cross for you and me. He was going out with a bang. Bang. And as soon as he made that, he ripped that veil. Well, why is the veil ripped in the temple from top to bottom? He was tired of there being a separation between God and man. I hope it don't fall. If it falls, it's real, amen? The reason he he, he said, I'm tired of a priest going to my people and praying. I want a one-on-one relationship with my people. Not just the Jews. But for the Gentiles, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls upon them, red, yellow, black, white, whatever your color is, listen—it's not about your denomination. But it's about so many people are hard denominations—the only right ones. I got a—I got a Greek word for you, hogwash. They ain't nobody gonna be in heaven unless you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Is the only way you're man does not get you there. Your good works does not get you there. If you don't know Jesus this morning, my friend, you're not going. <gasps> I lost my ball. Hold up! I just held it off. Beverly says you can I can't believe you'd say that. There's got to be many, many ways. Everybody's good. Everybody's different. There's only one way. That's through the veil. Jesus said, "I'm tired." Of between God and mankind, I want to rip when Jesus said it is finished. He ripped the veil. She disabled it for me. But man can now go through the veil into the Holy of Holies. Wherever you're at, you say, Where's my veil? It can be in your car, it can be in your home, it can be in your shower. It could be in the middle of a storm, middle of a trial, middle of a divorce, middle of an accident. Wherever it's at, you don't have to find a priest and go pray no more. Jesus said, I paid the one sin debt price so you can have a relationship with me. Jesus, Listen, Jesus paid that one more than anything. It is finished. Represents, I have completed the redemption story. I have completed the sin debt. You know, everybody sitting here... You, Jesus bought your sin debt. He paid for you. He bought you back. He set you free. You say, well, if he set me free, what do I got to do? For by grace are you saved through faith. You have to accept him as your personal savior. Just because he died don't mean you're automatically going to heaven. Amen? Well, my daddy was a deacon. My grandpa, you know, my, my grandma had been in that church since the Civil War. I mean, man, this they started that church. I don't care. Jesus don't care how long or who was in the church or how long you've been going for 40. There's people who go to church 40 years that's not going to heaven. There's there's people in church that's got 45, 50 years in membership, and and they they did everything around the church building, everything that needed to be done, but they was doing religious activity, and when they die one day, Jesus is going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I knew your works. I knew you're religious. I knew you was very, you prayed to me all the time, but you've never been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I don't know you. I died so the veil could be tore for you to have a relationship with me. And the devil uses this so good. He bombards the church with religion, religious activity. Probably some of us going, I feel good this morning. I made a church. It's your reasonable service. Jesus died on the cross so we could go every Sunday, not just Easter. Amen? He died on the cross so I could not just go to church on Sunday and sit in the pew. He died so I can enjoy Him on Monday when i got to go back to that old job. How many of y'all's jobs give y'all's fit sometimes? How many of y'all in here never gives you a fit? It's just hunky-dory good time. Man, hire me. Hire me. It's when you get out of bed, and you can say, Jesus, I don't know how I'm going to make it through today. You know I'm going through some rough stuff right now. But because Jesus died on the cross, the veil is ripped. I can boldly approach your throne of grace at any place, any time, and get peace and confidence and comfort for I go to the job this morning. How many of y'all got teens? Let me, let me back up a little bit. How many of y'all's kids think they know, they know more than y'all? Yeah, Lord, what a worship service. they waving and everything. I need His confidence and His grace when I'm around my teenagers, my boys, my girls, when they know more. Lord, give me the wisdom, give me the knowledge to lead them and continually lead them to the cross. Even when they go through that rough period of knowing more than you, I got news for you, Italian. It's only just for a little while, Italian. Italian, I promise. Confidence to enter the holy place. So that represents that Jesus died on the cross and paid the one sin debt price. And he's the only way. And then it also represents that he, he give us a relationship. And listen, I, I said this morning first service. We need some churches to enjoy church. <laughs> My goodness. What's wrong with the American church? I watched some of them on TV. I mean, they're puckered up look like I have been baptized in prune juice. They're all soured up. Where are you going? Going to church. Where are you going? Praise Jesus. He's alive. Amen. Jesus doesn't want us to have just a Sunday experience so we can feel good. He wants you to experience him Monday, Tuesday, his presence, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then when Sunday gets here, it's a bonus, baby. It's a bonus. We're all together in here worshiping Jesus. It's a bonus to be here with you. But I've already been in his presence Monday, Tuesday. Why? Because the veil's been torn so I can have access. It's kind of like this just happened a couple of Wednesday nights ago. Hunter comes in. Here's how Hunter comes to my office. If, if I'm in my office and I'm having meetings with somebody, or somebody's supposed to be there, here's Hunter. Walks in and just, <laughs> hey, Dad, how you doing? What are you doing? I'm loading music on my phone right now. What are you doing? Well, I was supposed to be meeting with some family here in about 10 minutes. Okay, I'll get out here in 10 minutes. I'll be gone. Now, when they come in, Hunter put the phone up and leave. I got it, Dad. I'll leave when they come in here. I know. He just opens the door, barges in, just flops down. But then when the family comes I'm supposed to meet with, here's what they do. They walk up and they'll go, Brother George, can we come in? Yeah, come on in. And there, there's such a difference how Hunter approaches my office and has access to my office than how someone that doesn't know me or a regular church member in here, how they approach and have access. They have, listen, Hunter will flops in. He gets, he don't comes in. He don't care because he knows I'm his dad. He knows me. He has a relationship with me. Shoot, this is like home to him in my office, man. Or I'll come in there sometimes, and, and, and there's a couch. I got a couch in my office, and I'll open the door and come in, and look, and there's Hunter laid back on the couch. Just made himself a home. What I'm telling you is he's my son. He has confidence. He has confidence he can access my office anytime because he's my son and the pastor's his daddy. He said, I can go in the pastor's office if I want to. He's my daddy. Guys, we have access to his throne of grace anytime during the week because you are a child of God if you've accepted him. You have access to your daddy's office anytime. Anytime. And you can boldly approach, go and say, Listen, I got some problems. How many of y'all got problems? Some of y'all look like you got problems. We all have problems. And we can boldly approach and go into that office of my father anytime and say, Oh, you won't believe this, God, but i tell you what, that person I work with, they're about to drive me batty. Jesus says, I know. I know, I've been watching. You don't know them. I mean, they're like this and, this and this. And that husband of mine, i tell you what, he, he won't pick up, he won't clean up, he won't do this. And and the kids, my goodness, they're bad as a husband. Women, that's an open door to say amen, but... And we just get rattled and we get frustrated. Jesus said, bring all your frustrations to the throne room. This is why we don't have joy in the church on Sunday. We have no joy during the week, Monday through Saturday. And you can't just come in on Sunday and drum it up. I can't come in here on Sunday morning to just drum a sermon up and preach like this. I have to be I have to access through the veil into his presence. And when you're in God's presence, nothing else matters. Man, when I get up here and preach in God's presence, I could care less what you think about me. Some of y'all are going, he's a nut. Well, I'm a nut in God's presence. What are you? Amen. But when you're in God's presence, you don't care what anybody says. You don't care what they do, what they think. There is a major difference when the church worships in God's presence and when His presence is not here. When you worship in the sweet presence of the God Almighty, it takes your walk, your service to a new level. You experience that. And this is why a lot of Christians are saying, I don't experience that. It's because all you are is on Sunday with Him. God wants more. Oh, what's this called when... You get your kids on weekends. Yeah, God wants more than just visitation rights with you on Sunday. Amen? Well, here I'm dropping off the kids. We're going. See you next Sunday, God. He wants Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He wants to know your good stuff. And he wants to know your bad stuff. By the way, you're not hiding nothing from Him. He knows your bad stuff. He knows what's in your heart before you ever speak. So if you're running around here giving everybody attaboys and on the back saying, like, oh, I, I can't stand her, but I'll tell you what, good job today, boy. Praise to Jesus. That's a beautiful song. Boy, I can't believe her. God knows whether you're real or not. And there's a lot of people in church that put a smile on the outside. Oh, sugar, that was a great song. You sang so good. <laughs> They do it for the outer appearance, but God is looking at the heart in the inner man. He knows what you are, he knows who you are, he knows what you do, why you do it. So can't nobody fool God, so you might as well just that's why I quit preaching trying to be a somebody I would not just be George for God, and it'll all work out. Because He knows who I am. He knows my mess up, He knows my fault, He knows I ain't got no sense. Don't, amen. Should have said, oh, me. But God wants to hang out with you every day. How many of y'all agree with that? How many believe that over here? God wants to hang out with you. How about right here? They're raising their hand. I ain't even married yet. Right here. Do you believe God wants to hang out with you? Huh? How about here? How many believe God wants you to hang out with him? Good, good. Get them both up. Throw a foot in there if you have to, amen? Look, here, they won! This group here wants the presence of God. Man, they were throwing feet up, fingers up, hands up. Jesus wants to hang out with you. We can't just turn it on when we come in the building and be holy and religious. I mean, there's no line in this building when you walk across. I can't believe that. I can't believe it. Shut up, kids. Come on. get Hello, brother. How you doing? Some of y'all been there dragging kids by one arm. They're trying to put the shoe on, coming in the front door. Hey, brother, boy, I'm glad being Jesus is here today. His presence is in this house. You and your husband just had the biggest fight like World War Six out in your vehicle. Hair sticking up on one side because you about pulled it out. I mean, you come in all hobbling on your heels. And all of a sudden, let's get it on. Worship time. Amen. There is a difference when you're in the presence of God. Because listen, it's no fun preaching without the presence of God. I've been there. I've tried it. It don't work. Bought that t-shirt. It don't work. Matt, y'all try to sing without being in the presence of God. It's singing and there's no anointing to it. Try doing ministry Without the presence of God. Trying to raise your family and live in a marriage without the presence of God. It's no fun. No fun at all. And and, and I just think Jesus said, listen, I died on the cross. I paid a price for you. At least y'all show up in massive multitudes and at least look like you're having fun. I died for a bunch of funny duds. The frozen Chosen. Some of y'all feel like you all there. It's five after. I'll give you ten more minutes and I'll let you go eat. I didn't get to do this in the first service. I get to let my hair down in this one. Amen? I like this one. Jesus here, the last thing Jesus did, the last thing that Jesus did that that bell represents when he, when he said it is finished and the earth shook and the bell ripped from top to bottom, it showed how much he loved us. Have you ever realized that Jesus died for you? He died for you, Brian. He died for you, Shane. He died for you, Harvey. He died for you. Uh, What's his name? He'll be going here six years. Brad, glad to meet you. Glad to have you. I do it all the time. So you think I y'all been going? Some of y'all been going to church ten years with me, and I'm going. Uh. Jesus died for you, Wade. He died for you, Man. I throw my wife in there. He died for you, Stacy. He died for you, Chad. He died for you, Ronnie. Y'all testing me. Put your hands down. I ain't calling no more names. Ross, he died for you. He died for you, Sonja. I'm getting better. Now, if this is your first time here, don't raise your hand, okay? He died. Listen, that ripping the veil showed that Jesus Christ was tired of the separation from God to man. He wanted fellowship. He wanted, he wanted an intimate relationship with us. He said, I'm fixed. No more. When I died and said it is finished, that, it is finished, men. It is finished. The sacrifice of the lambs, the the, the 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 being spread apart, being away from God, it's over with. Jesus said, I'm fixing to bring mankind and God. I, there's not going to be no more Gulf. I'm fixing to put a bridge where man can come to me and we can fellowship with each other. He can call me Abba, Father, and we can have sweet fellowship in the sweet presence of God. Man, that's shouting time right there. Some of y'all don't get it, but that's all right. Maybe it'll knock you out on the way home. In the presence of God, He said, "God, listen. You know God is going after you. God is searching you. The Bible says in the First Chronicles, He's searching for those hearts that are perfect and upright that He can use. He, he's coming after you. I told the first service, it's like the hounds of heaven. Man, He's turning them loose." How I many of you all ever had the hounds after you in heaven? You leave here on a service. You leave a Bible study, and you leave there, and you're convicted during that service, and you don't make a move. I mean, the Holy Spirit is just pulling and pulling, and you're, going, I mean, you're putting the white knuckles on the back of that thing. I tell y'all what, there's some good fingerprints in these chairs. After the church, go around and see if it's yours, because they'll probably fit. I mean, there's some good fingerprints in these blue chairs. I've seen people grip a hold of the back of that chair, invitation after Sunday, after Sunday, and say, I'm not moving. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not moving. And they think, well, just because they can get out of this building and get out of the presence of God in the church house, I've got it made. And then they get home and they start to walk into the house. They hear, ooh, ooh. Here comes them dogs. Here comes the hounds. Get some, amen. Hang in. I'm going to make my point in a minute. I'm gonna use a dog and a cat and everything else, but well, we're gonna make it. And then you turn around and you get on the job on Monday and you think, man, yesterday he was convicted man, the conviction on me was so bad yesterday to, to do this and do that and I just don't have time. I'm not I gotta get myself right. I I gotta fix myself up. I gotta buy better clothes, I gotta get my family straight before we go to church. I mean I mean I went to that church yesterday and there was there was a Harriet and Oz sitting on this side and over here was Ozzy Osborne and his family over here. I mean I I've got to look things over. I mean, I've got to get it fixed. I've got to get myself fixed up for I can go to church. And you're so far wrong that that's a lie straight from hell. Jesus died to rip that veil so He could have all your hang-ups and your problems and your messed-up attitudes so He could have you at the foot of the cross. He's not looking for you to be perfect this, let, me, let, let me let y'all a secret. Hey, visitors, visitors. How many visitors? Raise your hand this morning if you're visiting. Raise them. We're not a perfect church. Look at their pastor. We're not perfect. There's nothing perfect. It just amazes me how people will not come to church or come to Jesus until they get their self fixed up. You can fix your outside up all you want. God's not looking at the outside. He's looking straight at the attitude of your heart. That's why a suit and tie don't make you no more religious than me wearing blue jeans and a shirt. It's the outer appearance. Look at John the Baptist. Man, that guy preached in the wilderness, walked through woods and ate grasshoppers and dipped them in honey. Preacher of God. See, the outer appearance don't make you no closer to God. He's wanting you to come through the veil and bring your heart through the veil. He wants you to bring his heart, your heart through the veil, so he can clean your heart. Because see, out of the heart flows the issues of life. It's what Proverbs 4 says. This is why we're not ha- this is why we're not enjoying life because it's coming out of our heart. Instead of joy and peace and happiness and love. What? Y'all's laughing and shaking your head, but y'all did that on a lot of people lately, probably. Parents do it on their kids, do it to people in relationships, and then we justify ourselves saying, Wow, well, every time I around them, they make me do that. Here's your sign. Here's your sign that Jesus wants to feed. There it is, too. There's your sign. He wants you to bring your heart through that veil. I don't know why He's put me with all these people on the job. They just talk and they tell bad jokes. They do this. They don't love. They fight all the time. God, show me love. Show me how to love people. Why do you think He's got you there? Number one, you ain't got patience. How many of you ever prayed for patience? Then the next day, all you hear is, ah, ah, ah. Somebody's in your ear on the job for eight hours. Just, I mean, you're, my nerves are wrecked. God, I thought you were going to teach me patience. Welcome to the workplace. Heartwork 101, I'm doing it to you right now. Humble yourself in my sight and you will be lifted up. See, that's the first place we've got to go. We've got to be humble. We can't just go in and tell God what we want Him to do. We've got to be humble. He's not our grocery boy. Oh Lord, I want this and this and this, and I'll take that and that and that and ring it up and bag it for me, take it to the car, thank you. That's not who God is. He was a man that died on the cross 2,000 years ago to give us access.
1: There's things behind that
0: veil, guys, that we never, never reach as a child of God. Well, I'm saved. Ain't that enough? No. It means you're going to heaven. It means you're going to spend eternity with Jesus. But let me ask you something. What are you going to do the next 40 years? Walk around and be a scrooge for Jesus? Amen? Be unhappy? Be bitter? Angry at the world? There's 40 years of this going, baby. I I don't know about y'all, but I want our church to be happy. I want to be a happy preacher. Amen? Well, you don't sound happy. Just because I'm loud don't mean I'm not happy. But I tell you what I do do. I preach the truth straightforward. You accept it or you reject it. I don't beat around the bush with it. I don't say let's all huddle up, hold hands and sing, come by you and have a prayer and let's go home. Jesus is after your heart this morning. Everyone in here needs to make some type of change. Saved or unsaved, we all need to do something. Including me. Everybody take your hand. Hold your hand up like this. Everybody, come on. Some of y'all don't want to participate. Y'all a bunch of non fun bads. Or whatever you are. Some of us are quarter bad, but some of us got an eighth in it. It's not much. All right, now do this. There you go right here. We all need a heart change. We all need to walk through the veil this morning. We all need to experience what's on the other side of the veil. Because most times, most of us got saved, and I believe you're truly saved, but your attitude stinks. I can't believe they go to church. They go to church. I couldn't believe when they told me they went down to this Pleasant Hill Baptist church. Man, they're the meanest, ugliest people I've ever been around. Don't tell them nothing. They'll spread rumors like crazy. Them type people are in church too. We're trying to help them let God weed them out, but they're still here. Amen? It's getting better. See, all of us need a heart change this morning. I don't know what yours is. It may be salvation. It may be your tongue. It may be anger. It seems like when you get out here, everything, you hit your finger and you just will cuss like a sailor. God's got a remedy for that. If you'll go behind that veil, next time you hit your thing, you'll go, Oh, blessed! it! Thank you, Jesus! I'm not going to say you're going to be happy like that, but you've got to let the Holy Spirit get control of you behind the veil. So when you walk out of the veil, you're under His control. We just don't come in on Sundays and get under control for two hours. And leave. He wants to be control of your life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we come back on Sunday, and it's a great time. It's celebration. Amen. That was funny. I ain't gonna say that. It just come across. That was funny. I don't know where you're at this morning. But God wants you to access through the veil. It's been open for you this morning. But you're going to take that step. Listen, some of y'all, it's the first time you've ever been here. That's okay. You don't have to be a member to go through the veil. <laughs> well, the churches I've been around, remember, you've got to be a member of this, member of that. I'm glad you're here. Come back next Sunday. We'll go through the veil together again. Amen. Let me let you a little secret. And I know this ain't good English, but this ain't one of them. We're just glad to have your heart here and see God mold and see what He wants you to be in Christ. In Christ. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Help us to enter that veil this morning. Lord, let us not worry about who's looking. Your word says, be still and just know that I'm God. Lord, I pray that we'll put all the thoughts out of our hearts, our minds. Just keep us still during this invitation time. Because, Lord, you're calling hearts. I know there's hearts that need some type of change out here in this uh, with a crowd this size on Easter Sunday. Someone needs a fresh touch from you, Lord. Someone needs to experience your sweet, God Almighty, holy presence. And that's what changes. When, we, when you walk in His presence, it just continually changes you. Not just on Sundays, but every day that veil is open for you. The access to boldly approach his throne of grace is there every day. I don't know what God's calling you to do this morning. You came to Pleasant Hill for Easter for some reason. Yeah, I came, Brother George, because my mom told me to come this year. Well, probably some of that is, but the other one is God's got you here for a reason. So let's open our hearts, let's open our minds up Let the Holy Spirit speak to us Some in here may not have never accepted Christ Hey, there's nothing, it's not hard It's not about a denomination It's not about how long you go to church How many Sundays you go to church Right where you're at or right at this altar You kneel down and just ask Jesus to come to your heart and Be your Lord and Savior I know Jesus, you died on the cross They put you in that tomb, you was resurrected three days later Lord, I need resurrection power in my life Lord, come in and be my Savior I need some things that are dead to be raised up in my life. And we all have dead things that need to be raised up this morning. So I ask you, Lord, raise us up. Raise us up this morning with resurrection power in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. The altars are open. I just talked about being bold and approaching this throne of grace. Bring your wife, bring your kids, pray as, as a family. I don't know what God's, but God has got a change for us. Amen? Come this morning. Let Him change us. Let Him speak something new and fresh into your heart.